0: Hey guys, it's Alana and welcome back for another episode of Seeing Other People. Today we are switching things up instead of doing an unfiltered. I'm just going to hang with you guys. Uh, I have some questions that have been sent in that I'm going to answer. I want to talk about the Tinder swindler and just catch up because it's been a while since we've done something like this. So today is Thursday. If you're listening to this today, this comes out. If not, then it's another day that ends in Y. Why? I want to say, first of all, thank you to everyone who sends me messages and emails with your dating shit. Like, I, sometimes it just feels like you guys are truly my friends and you are updating me on your dating lives. And I absolutely love it. It also helps inspire my content, it helps inspire the videos, it helps inspire the memes. Obviously, I'm not single anymore. And sometimes I do really get into a little writer's block zone where i'm really struggling to think of relatable content that's going to help you guys and that that's going to resonate and so hearing your stories really helps. Um, I actually have a new neighbor who lives on my floor. Um, shout out Sammy. And Sammy has been telling me what's going on in her dating life. And that has like single-handedly inspired a lot of my content lately. So guys, I need your dating stories. I need your dating fails. I need your dating wins so I can celebrate them with you. Whatever it is, like the more you guys can, can give me about your dating life, the more questions you can ask, the more you can share, the better this podcast better all of the content will be. I, I appreciate every time you guys reach out. I appreciate every DM, every comment, every email, um, because it really makes this more of a community and more of a group effort and and more catered to what you're actually going through. So keep sending all of that my way. Also always send me any listener questions you have, any situations that you're in. I love going through those with my guests and you, then you can get multiple perspectives on your situation and how to move forward. So definitely send all of that in seeing other people, at gmail.com, seeing other people, at gmail.com. And don't forget if you love the podcast, but you have not yet given a five-star rating and review, please, please, please. It is all I ask. Go do that. It takes two minutes, not even. It can take 10 seconds if you really want. Um, If you're on the Apple Podcast app on Spotify, you can just give a five-star rating. But on the Apple Podcast app, please leave a review. It really helps, especially when I'm reaching out to get new guests on the show. The first thing they do is look and just see if a lot of people have reviewed it, what the reviews say. And so the more... I have, the better. It really helps get some of those amazing guests on. And and also when I'm pitching to brands, that all helps me create this as a business and continue to do this for you guys. And the other thing is please send these episodes to a friend. Um, If you don't want to (laughs) review, if you don't want to buy merch, if you don't want to subscribe to bonus episodes, if you can send the episode to a friend, it means the world and more to me because it's more people listening. And all I really want to do is get the word out about seeing other people and help more people and grow this community and this family. So with all that said, let's get into some of the questions that we have. All right. One listener said, should I delete a guy who ghosted me from Instagram? Wouldn't it be nice if you could choose your mindset? If you wanted to be calm, you could be calm. If you wanted to be happy, you could be happy. If you wanted to focus, you could focus. Well, guess what? You actually can do that. I've been doing it for a year now thanks to Mindset Wellness CBD's CBD gummies and I cannot even begin to tell you how much my life has improved. Not only that, but it is such an incredible feeling to be able to wake up, go throughout your day and choose the mindset that you wanna be in and then actually be in that mindset. Don't believe me? Try it for yourself and thank me later. Head to mindsetwellness.com and use code People at checkout for 20% off your entire order. So I guess you want to like unfollow or block them. I mean, look, if you have no reason not to, like they don't deserve to see your life. It's If it's something that you're clearly thinking about it, you're thinking about them, you're not over the fact that they ghosted you. Yeah, like that's the one thing that is in your power. Like remove them from people who follow you. Do not allow them to follow you. You know, they ghosted you, they hurt you. And that's something that you do have control of. You don't have control of the fact that they ghosted you. You don't have control of the fact that they decided to do that. They decided to not do the decent thing and let you know how they were feeling. And you don't have control over the fact that they're not into you, but you do have control over allowing them in your life or not. And just take, take that, take that control and do something with it and, and remove them from following you. And you know what, they're going to be like, damn, like this girl isn't messing around. And you know what, maybe they'll respect you for it, or maybe it'll make them regret what they did. Who knows? But yeah, if you're thinking about it and you want to do it, absolutely not. You have no reason not to. Um, I think that the same goes for exes. You know, this is obviously a different subject, but I think the most powerful thing you can do for yourself, not even in spite of them, but for yourself is block your ex, especially if you're going through the breakup, you are having a really difficult time. Obviously I've opened up about difficult breakups that I've been there before. And Nothing helps more than either unfollowing or removing them from following you or blocking them. It just changes everything because you're not constantly tempted to check. You know, if you just want to remove them or stop following them and you trust yourself or like they're on private and you actually have the willpower to not check their Instagram every single three seconds, then fine, just do that. But if you're like me and you do not have any of that willpower, then blocking is literally the most incredible tool in the world and you should not wait another second to do so. It just really changes the game where you might want to check what they're doing, but you literally cannot. And you can't because you chose that for yourself. You chose, no, I'm not going to continue to put myself through this torture. I'm actually going to take a step forward in the right direction of moving on and moving through this and getting out the other end. And you know what? If it comes up, if you see that person again in a few months or in six months or a year, or they say to a friend, like, oh, like wanna blocked me, like, you know what? You're doing it for yourself. You're not doing it for them. It has nothing to do with them. It's for yourself so that you can start your healing process and you can move forward. So I am 125% in for blocking your ex if you are trying to get over them and struggling. Trust me, it is the greatest thing you can do. Going back to the initial ghosting question, though, I wanted to bring up something that I posted on the feed this week. It was there's a special place in hell for people who say they had a great time on the date and can't wait to see you again right before they ghost you. Like there is literally nothing in the world more frustrating than getting your expectations like set high and having a good feeling about someone because they led you down that path. You know, if I didn't hear like, Oh, like had a great time. I can't wait to see you again after a date. I wouldn't immediately expect that they had a great time and wanted to see me again because they didn't communicate that. But once you communicate that, then the other person actually has the right to assume that, Oh, like this person thought it went well and they're going to want to see me again. They're going to ask me on another date. And then to be told that, and then just ghosted, like what the hell is the point? I've been on a lot of dates, and I can confidently say that the best kind of dates involve getting messy in the kitchen. No, not like that. I mean by baking with your date or baking for your date. Cookies, cakes, brownies, you name it. And my favorite ingredient to bake with is Hugh Kitchen's no-added-sugar keto chocolate chips. They are unlike any other chocolate chip out there right now, sweetened with pure fruit and no weird sugar alcohols. And just like how you want to know everything about the person you're dating, you should want to know everything that goes into your chocolate chips. And with these, you can. There are only four ingredients, organic fair trade cacao, organic dates, organic fair trade cocoa butter, and organic fair trade vanilla bean. Fair trade means that they treat the humans that source their ingredients with humanity and pay them fair wages. Now, these are chocolate chips I can get behind. And the best part about these is that if you're on a first, second, or third date and you don't yet know your date's dietary restrictions, these are a safe bet. They're vegan, paleo, non-GMO, kosher, and gluten-free. So what are you waiting for? Grab your no-added-sugar keto chips from Hue Kitchen today. And while you're at it, Grab some chocolate, some cookies, and crackers too. I am obsessed with their chocolate bars. I mean it. Get the variety pack, the whole box. Just do it. You will thank me later. They're amazing. Head to hughkitchen.com and use code seeing other people for 20% off your order. That's H-U-K-I-T-C-H-E-N dot com. Code seeing other people for 20% off. What is the point? I understand sometimes it's like the end of a date, and like, like I might say to somebody, Oh, like this was so fun. Like, I can't wait to do it again. And then they might be like, yeah, same, because they don't want to be like, no, like I actually don't want to do it again. I understand that. That's different. Sometimes people don't like being put on the spot. Maybe you need some time to digest and think about how you feel the date went. And if you do want to see that person, that I think is different because you also don't want to say no and, and potentially like really hurt them and have this like really awkward moment with someone you just met. Fine. But if you are going to text somebody after a date and say that you had a great time and you cannot wait to see them again, and then they respond, and then they ask you a question or something, and you just never answer, what the fuck is wrong with you? Seriously. Like, what is the point of doing that? You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to say that you had a great time. You didn't have to say that you want to see them again. And that's something that makes dating so painful and so confusing and so difficult because it's like, it's like that whole idea of like, oh, well like someone told me that they loved me. So I thought that they loved me. Like he told me he wanted to see me again. So I thought he wanted to see me again. He told me he wasn't seeing other people. So I thought that he wasn't seeing other people. It's like, yes, it can go both ways. He, she, they, them. It can be anyone. I'm just using he as a term, but it's, it's non-gendered for everything. Everybody does this shit. It's just really frustrating because we're all really struggling in general with dating. And, People do these things that make it so much more difficult, and we're all guilty of it. You know, I've definitely said something to somebody like at the end of a date that I wanted to see them again, or they've texted me that they wanted to see me again, and I was like, "Yeah, totally." And then a few days later, was like, "Actually, like, I, I didn't really feel the connection I'm looking for." Whatever, insert anti-ghosting text here. But I have never just straight up said that I wanted to see someone again and then ghosted them. Like that is just so shitty, and that's something that. If you see your friend doing that, if you think your friend might do that, if you see somebody even doing that to you, like, maybe that's an opportunity to, like, use it as a teachable moment. And I hate that we have to do teachable moments in dating. Like, we are not in third grade, but I guess it's it's a part of life. And just say to that person, like, hey, it was really disappointing to hear from you that you had a great time and wanted to see me again, but then to never have heard from you again. Um in the future, maybe don't mislead someone. Cause that definitely made me feel hopeful and to just be let down something like that. You know, it's, it's all we can kind of do to, to help each other and to hope that as time goes on, we're having more conversations like this and stuff like that stops happening. So that's one bone that I wanted to pick today. Um, okay. Somebody asked uh, me to do a deep dive into the spark versus the slow burn. So this is something that I learned from Logan Yuri's book, How to Not Die Alone. And Logan really, really goes into it in depth and her research behind it. So definitely check out her book and check out that chapter, Fuck the Spark, um, for all the real tea on it and all the real info. But I'll give you my interpretation experience of the spark versus the slow burn. So I used to go on every single date and come home and say to my roommates, oh my God, I fell in love. Like we had the most magical date, like the the spark was there, the connection was there, blah, 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 blah. And never, ever, ever in those situations did it go anywhere. Um, A lot of the times the spark or those butterflies you feel is actually like anxiety and you feel that way because you're uncertain about it. You don't really know how they feel. Um, There are some people who are just really good at making people feel like there's a spark. They're just like very sparky people, as Logan says in her book. So there's that. And a lot of the times, like the people who are the slow burns, who you might think of as kind of boring at first, or as just not that interesting, or like, oh, you had like an okay time with, those are people that ultimately like, usually could end up making the best partners. They're really stable, they're really comfortable with who they are. They don't feel the need to like show off or overcompensate by taking you on this like really big, magical, sparky date, you know? They're just like really genuinely good people who take a little bit longer to open up. Um and they don't just like open up and overshare and pour their heart out to people on the first date to make them feel special. And so I never fully understood this until like it actually happened to me where I, and I've talked about this before. Like my first date with Jake was very meh. Like it was the definition of like, fine. You know, like we had good food. We had like some good conversations. We were really cold. It was 20 degrees, but in general, I wasn't like, Oh my God, this was the best date ever. I was like, okay, like this guy's like cute and normal, but like, was it the best first date I've been on? No. Like, will I see him again? Like, sure. Like there was nothing wrong with him. I could definitely like have some more conversations with him. And you know, on our second date, like it was definitely, it was definitely better. We connected on a lot more things. We were inside. It wasn't 20 degrees. Um, we like just had a lot to talk about. And so again, like I didn't leave that date being like, Oh my God, like I am obsessed with this guy. But I left that date feeling like, okay, like that was a good date. Like I could see this guy again. I could like have another good time with him. And I noticed in those two dates, like he was really like communicating with me in between too about how he felt. And he wasn't doing the thing we just talked about where saying like he really wanted to see me again and, and not following up on that. He was very direct right after both dates saying he had a great time and wanted to see me again. And then he made a plan and then he followed through on that plan. And so that open communication, that straightforward and honest communication was something that a lot of the sparky people were not actually giving me. And so again, that like increased my anxiety, which I thought was me really liking them. I thought that was me not being able to stop thinking about them and just obsessing over them. But it was really because I was anxious because I didn't know what they were thinking. I didn't know if they wanted to see me again. I didn't know how they felt about the dates. And so that's just a little bit on like why there's the spark versus slow burn and and why the spark is not always a good thing and not a sign that a situation is good or that a match is good but that the slow burn could be more reliable could be more stable and could actually lead to a healthier longer lasting real partnership all right next question um somebody asked me if i feel pressure to be at a certain place in my relationship and how i go about comparing my relationship to others and yeah you know this is something that I definitely expected to happen, but I guess you never really think about what you expect to happen when you do finally get into a, a long-term relationship. Like I knew how much I thought about comparisons and timeline when it came to dating. You know, I was always comparing my single self to people in relationships, and I was comparing my single self to people who had what I wanted, and and I felt like, well, why can they have it but I can't? Why are they deserving of love but I'm not? I definitely. all of that unhealthy comparing. Um, as I was single, like literally nonstop, um, stop doing that. You guys, I know it's easier said than done, but first of all, do not believe everything you see on social media. Um, all of those happy couples are not all happy. Obviously I do wish they were, and I do wish everyone the best, but, um, just because somebody's posting that their relationship is great, just because someone's posting how in love with, they are with someone or they're posting like a happy picture and, and everything seems like it's, sunflowers and daisies and rainbows and happiness. Like that doesn't mean that that's the reality. So keep that in mind. Also remember that like you have so much going for you and you have so much happening in your life. And just because you don't have that partner that you want yet, doesn't mean that you don't have love. You know, it doesn't mean that your life isn't full of love. It just might be full of love from friends and family and coworkers and your dog and and whoever else in your world. Um, but just because you don't have a partner to love or to lo- who will love you at this moment doesn't mean that you're not loved. It doesn't mean that your life isn't filled with love. So that's one thing to keep in mind if you're thinking about comparing your single self to people who are in relationships that that resemble relationships that you want to be in. Um, but for me now, when it comes to to feeling pressure and comparing my relationship to others, like, Yeah. Oh my God. All the time. And, and it sucks because I really wish this wasn't the case. And again, I think a lot of it comes down to social media. Like I, Jake and I have been dating for a year. Like we're not, we, like, we wouldn't be getting engaged, you know, like we, we just met a year ago. Uh, everything's amazing. Do I think we are like taking things like one step at a time and in the right way and on the right timeline? absolutely. I like love the pacing that we're going. I think it's perfect. I think it feels right. I've never had felt that like anything was too rushed or too slow moving. Um, but at the same time, every time I open my Instagram, someone else I know has gotten engaged and I'm like, damn, like should I be getting engaged? And it's like, no, like just because other people are, doesn't mean I have to, but because I see it everywhere and because it feels like it's being thrown in front of my face, it's almost as like, as if I need to be doing that. I need to get to that next step to make my relationship more official because everyone else I know who had a boyfriend now has a fiance and they're now planning a wedding and stuff. And it's like, yeah, maybe some of these people have been together for six years. Maybe some of them have been together for a year or even less than a year, but that's their timeline. And this is my timeline. And it's really tough to kind of make that separation, but you have to remember like your relationship is your relationship and you need to do things when you want to do things, how you want to do things. And obviously not just you, but you and your partner. And so it is tough. Like, do I, again, like I don't want to be engaged at this moment. Like we've been dating for a year. We have a lot to do before then. Like we're planning on moving in together later this year. And I'm so excited for that. And it's like, why can't, i just be excited for that. Why do I have to be thinking about the next step? And that's something that's really tough. And I know I'm not the only one who feels that way. Um, I feel like at this point, my friends and I, when we hang out, all we're talking about is who's getting engaged and, and who's getting married and whose bachelorette parties are coming up or what weddings we saw on Instagram and what the dresses looked like or what the venues looked like and all this stuff. And it's like, oh my God, like when did this start happening? that's the other thing. It's like, I remember people always like posting memes and stuff about how it felt like everyone was getting engaged. And I was like, yeah, like I definitely see things on Instagram, but like, I don't know. I was 25, 26, 24 at the times when, when I had seen that before. And I'd never really felt like it was truly true, um, until this year. And so that's been really like eye-opening where it really just does seem like at every turn someone's getting engaged or married or even now having a baby. Um, so that's definitely been difficult. But again, I just try and, and remind myself like, no, like everything is great. Like things are unfolding as they should be. I don't want to rush things for the sake of rushing things. Like my, our timeline is our timeline. And I'm really excited about like our milestones as they happen and it's fun to have things to look forward to. But yeah, I mean comparison is the thief of joy. I I wholeheartedly believe in that saying and I also wholeheartedly believe that you need to go at your own pace. Um I have a friend who is in a relationship where In the religious community that they're involved in, usually relationships are kind of like hyper sped up. And, you know, you meet, you date, and then like within six months, like you're engaged and in less than a year, you're married. And that could even be a slow timeline compared to what some other people do in that religion. But she is not initially from that like very intense religious community. And so for her, she was explaining to me that like there are people from like her World and like the world that I know that are going to think her timeline is so sped up. And then there are people from like the religious world that she is now a part of that are like, what are you guys waiting for? Like, this makes no sense. What's the holdup? Like, why hasn't this happened yet? And so that helped. Like, hearing that just also helped me put in perspective, like, we all have our own timelines. And you know, there are always going to be people who think that something is happening too quickly or too slowly. And, you know, you're going to be judged no matter what by people. When you do post that you're engaged on Instagram, people are going to be like, oh my God, like, they haven't, they've only been dating for a year. They've only been dating for two years. Like they just moved in together. How are they already engaged? Um, and then there are going to be people who are like, oh my God, this couple has been together forever. How are they not engaged? Like they ha- they need to do this already. And, you know, we we kind of insert ourselves into other people's relationships um, in our mind when we have no say over what happens and we have probably no right to create these opinions, but of course we're going to. So again, yeah, just just remember that your timeline is your timeline and you have to do what feels right for you. And I think the biggest thing is, is making sure that you and your partner are aligned on timeline, you know, and making sure that you're aligned on your expectations and on your future plans and, and on what you want out of the relationship. I think when we talk about comparison, comparing timelines and expectations, you know, you need to make sure that you and your partner are on the same page. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. It doesn't matter what people think of your timeline. It doesn't matter what people think of your plans and and what you want to do with your life, with your relationship. What matters is that you and your partner are aligned. You're having these conversations. And that is what I have to say about that. Next question we have is, how do I get out of the booty call zone? He doesn't initiate dates anymore. I'm going to be honest. I think there are a lot of situations where once you're in the booty call zone, you're probably not going to get out of it. Is that every situation? Is that the case? No, it is all circumstantial. It all depends on what your relationship was like before. Like if you were in a serious committed relationship or if you've just been hooking up or going on dates and you got into the booty call zone, obviously everything is circumstantial. Every situation is different. So there is no one answer for this, but In general, I do think it is difficult to get out of, but I also think it's definitely worth trying to get out of. There are a few things you can do. The first I would suggest is to maybe bring up the idea of, like, oh my God, I heard this restaurant is amazing. Like, we should try it. And seeing how they react to that. Do they say, like, oh yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's pick a night. And they actually follow through on that. Or do they kind of say, like, oh yeah, that looks really good. And then shrug it off and ignore it and not actually make a plan. I would try playing around with some things like that, kind of dropping hints. Um, and seeing how they take it. Are they picking up what you're putting down or are they just ignoring it and being like, yeah, you should go. Let me know how it is if you do. And then continue doing booty call like plans. So that's one thing if you want to kind of slowly test the waters. Um, A more direct approach could just be saying, and this could be in person or over text or on the phone, whatever you're comfortable with. I think obviously always in person conversations are more effective. You get your communication across better. People can see your body language and you just, it just makes for better, more impactful conversations. Again, if you're not comfortable with that on the phone, if you can, or of course there's always texting, but with texting, remember it's calculated. People really take the time to think. They might be analyzing it. They might start overthinking. You might start overthinking. There's all this shit that comes with it. We know this. In any case, in whatever format you decide to choose, you could say something like, I miss going out to dinner. Like, why don't we pick a restaurant to go to this weekend? Or we haven't gone out to grab drinks lately. There's a really cute cocktail bar in the area. I'd love to do that. Or you could, you know, to make it less of like a, a pregame to a booty call type of thing like drinks or a dinner date, you could talk about a movie you want to go see or a museum you want to go to, mini golf, something, some type of activity that you can do that would really set the stage of more of a date, more of you guys spending time together and connecting on things that aren't sexual. So I think that's something that I would definitely recommend trying. And again, if you want to test the waters and, and kind of drop restaurant recommendations and stuff and see how they react to that first. You can, but I do think that the better way to do it would just be like being upfront, um, bringing up a date. And if, you know, if you bring up wanting to go on a date and they aren't biting, like they aren't picking up on that. I think at some point you do have to really be upfront and communicate and be like, I like hanging out with you, but I do want more out of this than just a hookup. Or I feel like we were going on dates for a while and it was starting to feel really good. And now I kind of feel like we've regressed to just kind of hooking up. Or sometimes I feel like I am just a booty call and I really like you and I love spending time with you, but I don't want to feel that way. And I want to feel like this is more of a relationship. Again, it depends on what your situation is. It depends on what type of relationship you're in, but obviously the best thing you can do, and this is, of course, again, the scariest thing, is to just be open and honest about how you feel because, again, you want to feel good about your situation. You want to feel comfortable. You want to feel safe and secure. And- if you don't know what kind of situation you're in, if it's undefined, then you're not going to feel safe. You're going to feel anxious. You're going to feel stressed. And I think that's the case with most booty call situations where um, on one hand, like one person thinks of it as that. They're like, oh yeah, this is just someone I'm hooking up with. Um, meanwhile, the other person could think of it as like, yeah, like we're hanging out all the time. Like I'm always sleeping over. I'm meeting like the roommates, the friends, whatever. Um, we just haven't defined the relationship yet where in the other person's mind, like there is no relationship. It's not going that way. So I do think it's really important to be honest and communicate what you're looking for. Ask where they want this to go, express where you want this to go. Um, otherwise you could end up just being a booty call and then being nothing. And that would obviously be the worst case scenario if you do like this person. So yeah, test the waters, um, suggest, dates, and be really upfront and honest about how you're feeling. Those are my suggestions for that. Next is, how would you navigate dating a close friend without it ending your friendship? Deep breath for this one, you guys. All right. This is tough. This is really fucking hard. I would first think really, 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 really carefully and really, 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 really hard about the situation that you're in because I can say, from experience, from hearing things, from witnessing things, um, 9 out of 10 times, your friendship is going to be ruined. There's so many ways that this can go wrong. So, so, so many. And there are so many ways where... Your friends are going to be forced to kind of pick sides if you're two friends of a friend group. There is a lot that can go wrong. That being said, of course, there are so many amazing things that can come out of it. We all know the song. Like, I'm lucky I'm in love with my best friend. Like, we all know that song. We've all at some point, one point or another had a friend that we've wanted to be in love with, or we thought of like, oh my goodness, how incredible would this be if me and this person just ended up together? How great would that be? How fun would that be? How magical would that be? And obviously there are so many movies about it and TV shows about it and books about it and songs about it. You know, it seems so, so magical but in all of those movies and all of those TV shows and all of those books and all of those songs, a million things go wrong in between the time where it starts and it ends. And we all know that these movies and TV shows and books tend to lean into happy endings, but that is not the reality. So again, I would just caution you by saying that there are a lot of things that can go wrong. Again, there are things that could go right and it could work out, but there is a really good chance that it does end up ruining the friendship. Maybe it'll be worth it. Maybe it won't. Um, I know there's also the question of like, well, if I don't, like I'll always wonder in which case you might decide like, no, I have to try. I have to see. I have to figure it out. Um, I will share something that I went through where throughout college, um, there was this guy who was my best friend. And and I knew from the beginning that he – really liked me, if not was in love with me. And I loved him as a friend. He was my best friend. He was like my person. And knowing that he loved me and wanted to be with me, I spent four years trying to convince myself that I wanted to be with him. And I remember I, and then we like made out over the years when we were drunk, like we had all these conversations, you know, there were times where I was like, okay, like I'm going to try, like I'm really going to try to be with him. Like I want to see what it feels like. I want to know if this is something that could work or not. And you know, I would be one foot in one foot out. And so it never would work. And and I always would hurt him. And it would take our friendship a few steps back as he needed time to, to work through the pain because I was like, okay, yeah, let's try it. And then I like immediately would pull away, like right when we started to try it. And so that was really difficult. And, you know, I, I had a friend, I was driving up to college during my second semester of my senior year for the last time, like I had a month left of school and my friend Erica was in the passenger seat and she was like my childhood friend. We grew up together. We were neighbors. We went to college together. We were in the same sorority and, and she knew me really well. And, um, she asked me, are there any regrets that I'm going to have? Is there anything I didn't do throughout college, throughout my time at Syracuse that I wish I had done? And I said, I wish I had given it a full real 110% in shot with XYZ guy, because I never did. You know, every time, like I said, I was one foot in, one foot out. And and that never allowed it to work that never allowed us to fully see if it could work and so that was my one regret that i was going to leave college never actually giving it a real fair shot and so i did you know i got back to school and i decided it's it's now or never and so i did decide to lean in and and really commit myself to it and really try and you know for the first few days it felt really good it felt like okay like finally this is what we've wanted of course he was so happy and it really seemed like it was a great thing and then by the time a week we were a weekend i was like no this is not right like this isn't what i want i want to go back to the way it was like i miss him just being my friend i don't feel the way that i thought i would feel i don't feel the way more so not that i thought i would feel but i didn't feel the way that i wanted to feel and i it was really eye opening because it kind of made me realize like oh my god i've first of all i've i've let this thing carry on for 4 years and second of all like oh my god like what's going to happen now where i should have just either a tried from the beginning or b put my foot down and had it be just friends the whole way through and now i decided to be all the way in i walked through the door i was no longer one foot in one foot out and I realized I didn't want it and I was like oh boy, I'm actually about to lose my best friend. And that is what ultimately ended up happening and you know, I can't blame him for it. Like I I hurt him so many times and and he didn't deserve that. He didn't do anything to deserve that, but it was because I couldn't make up my mind and it was because I I wasn't sure and I I think about that often and it really is hard and it really does suck. And so that's just one thing like if you are in that situation where you're not sure figure it out and and figure it out as best as you can on your own without getting their feelings involved. I've seen so many things like this happen over the years to my friends and and their friends that they've tried to be with. And so it is really a tough situation. You have to know that going into it no matter how strong your friendship is, no matter how long you've been friends for, no matter what else you've gone through together, that doesn't necessarily mean that you can make it through this because feelings can get hurt. And it is so much more painful than just going on dates with somebody and then, or like dating somebody new and them saying they're no longer in this. They don't want to be with you anymore. They want to break up or they had a great time on the few dates, but don't want to see you again. It's so much more because that breakup, it, it hits different. It means that this person that you took this big risk with, it didn't pay off for them. They don't see the future that you thought about. They don't see the future that you wanted with them. And it's also, you're going through a lot of pain now because of this situation. Like this person is putting you through pain. They don't want to be with you. And you thought, how could this possibly happen? And now you're in pain and now you're experiencing all the breakup emotions, all that anger, all that sadness, all that resent about this person who was your close friend. And so that's why I say, like, really proceed with caution. Have conversations with them to figure out, okay, is this something that we think actually could work? Are we both on the same page? What would a relationship between us look like? Where do we want this to go? And really figure out, if it's something that could work, logistically, could it work? You know, think about all of the relationship problems that people run into, balancing their career, you know, maintaining their friendships with other people, deciding they want to live in different parts of the country, uh, how many kids they want to have, if they want to get married, if they're really looking for something serious, what religion they want to raise their kids. Like think about every single thing that could break up a couple and make sure that you and this person are aligned on it. Because if you're not, then it's literally not worth ruining your friendship because that is what's going to happen. If you try dating and it doesn't work and you get into a fight, you get into a messy breakup, your friends get involved and they're being told to pick this side or that side, or they don't feel like they can express their opinion or they feel weird being there for one of you and not the other because they're in the middle of this. Like There are just a lot of things that can go wrong. And so, like I said, like, It could be the most incredible, rewarding, magical thing in the world. It it truly can be, but that's rare. And so I don't wanna scare you away from doing it. I just want you to feel that you're taking every precautionary step. You know, you're having these conversations with this person. Um, That being said, if you don't know that this person wants to date you, like if you want to date a friend or like you think you're into a friend, again, I would think about all these things. I would also say, like, why are you into them? Like, do you feel like your relationship is more, like, flirty than friendly anyway? Like, do you think they're into you? That's something where if you want to figure that out, that's something where you can, like, say something silly to them being, like, I had, like, this really weird dream last night that, like, we were dating. Like how funny is that? And like, see what they say. Or you can say, or you can try like going, like grabbing dinner with them, grabbing drinks with them and having these maybe more date vibey conversations rather than friend vibey and see how it goes. See how the vibe is. See if they're being playful with you, you know, ask them questions that you wouldn't normally ask them about their dating lives. Like see what's going on in their dating life. See if they're looking for something right now. You can say like, oh, like X, Y, Z person said they thought we'd make a cute couple. Like how funny is that? And see how they react to it. Or say like, have you ever thought about us actually like going on a date? And maybe they'll be like, oh, like I thought this was a date. Or like, I haven't thought about it, but like now that you mention it, let's do it. You know, you never know where it can go. So just don't be shy. But again, like think about the possibilities. Think about all of the things that could happen and, and if it's really worth trying. That's what I have to say about that. Clearly, this is something we have to do a real episode on. Um, if anyone has any ideas of a guest that they would like me to bring in for this, let me know. Okay. Finally, I want to get into the Tinder swindler because, oh my God, I don't know if you guys haven't watched it yet, please go watch it. So I didn't know what it was about. I just heard like the Tinder Swindler. I was like, okay, this is probably something that I should watch. Um, you know, being the host of seeing other people and spending my life talking about dating and relationships. And so the description of the Tinder Swindler, which I actually did not read before. I have this thing where if I'm if I know that I'm going to watch a TV show or a movie, I actually don't want to know what it's about. Like, I don't ever want to see the preview for something. If I'm with a friend and we're trying to decide what movie to watch, we'll watch the preview for like 10 seconds and I'll I'll be like, okay, I'm in or I'm out. And if I'm in, I'm like, let's stop watching the preview. I don't want it ruined for me. And the same thing if like someone tells me to watch a show or me and Jake are like, oh, we heard the show's good. We should watch it. I'm like, okay, let's just do it. I don't want to know what it's about. So the description of the Tinder swindler, which got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb. It was just released on February 2nd this year. It's on Netflix. It says a group of women who were victims of a dating app based swindler joined together in an attempt to hunt him down and recover the millions of dollars that were stolen from them. So that is what the Tinder swindler is about. I also did not know what the word swindler meant, but... I figured it was someone who was trying to like deceive someone in some way, um, and just the name, the Tinder Swindler, sounded like something that I should watch. Like I said, so definition of swindler is a person who uses deception to deprive someone of money or possessions. So again, I go I go into this movie not knowing what it's about and not knowing what swindler was. So I thought it was just like someone who's like love bombing people or just trying to like mess around with people, and something happens. Oh my god this is crazy. At first it's like, okay. So it paints the picture of these women who go into like, they start talking about like what their dating lives were like and, and what they were swiping for and why their profile was the way it was. And what appealed, what was appealing to them about this guy, Simon's profile. And at like, they start talking and, you know, one thing leads to another, they're getting drinks at this fancy hotel. And then he's going from country to country in Europe and inviting them to come on his private jet and stay in his fancy hotel rooms and all this stuff like these very extravagant over the top dates where they're like, Oh my God, this feels like a movie. This feels like a fairy tale. What is happening? And at first, it really does seem like all fun and games, like private chats and getting dozens and dozens of roses and all of these nice things and him being like really seemingly loving and stuff. And then it starts to get serious when you first find out that, okay, there's another woman that he's talking to that is now sharing her story with us about how she met him. And then he asks one of the women to move in with him and they're starting to shop for apartments together and... Basically, my jaw dropped to the floor when he asks one of the women if he can use her credit cards. Um, And he also masks all this this whole situation by saying that the business that he's involved in, he's in the diamond business and he's really up high in it. And there's all this crime and people are after him and stuff. So suddenly he needs to go undercover. He can't be using his credit cards because he's being followed and they're going to trace them. And so he asks to use her credit cards. And I'm like, oh my God, shit just hit the fan. Everything just changed. This is no longer fun and games. So that was crazy. And that I know just from working in, in the dating app world, like anytime anyone, like there will will be people who message you and who try and talk to you and either like, like have video chat dates, like phone calls, whatever, until you feel comfortable enough with with them where like you can Venmo them like a few hundred bucks for, for them to help pay their rent because their credit card is being rejected, declined, like whatever. There are so many things like that that happen where there are so many scammers on apps But when he asked to use her credit cards and she's like bought into the fact that this is a relationship, you know, he wanted to move in with her. They just got an apartment together. He's been flying her around places and showing up at her place and all this stuff and saying, I love you. Oh my God. Suddenly he's literally using her credit cards and then asking her to bring $25,000 of cash to Amsterdam, which he then uses to then go visit one of the other women and go to a club and stay at the W Hotel in Barcelona. And I'm like, oh my God. So in any case, that is crazy. And I just feel so bad for these women because they, like anyone else who goes through something like this, had no idea. And of course, there are things that could jump out in hindsight as red flags, but they were just following their heart and dating somebody who was treating them really well. And and yes, there were extravagant things involved, but it seemed like that was his lifestyle. You know, it seemed like his job was very legitimate and what he was doing for a living was incredibly real and, and not necessarily normal. It was obviously rare and very high up in the world, but... It seemed like it was legitimate. It seemed like it was real. And that is just, it's so tough when you get in a situation like that where you think you know who somebody is and you don't. Obviously, in this case, these women lost millions of dollars because of this man. I have not finished the Tinder swindler. I'm recording this prematurely. I will follow up on the Instagram story with my thoughts about it when I'm finished. So stay tuned for that. But it's so tough. Like when you get manipulated, when you get lied to, and, and of course, when you get scammed by someone, I think one of the hardest things is realizing that somebody is not who you thought they were and somebody who you opened up to, who you were vulnerable with, who you fell for, who you trusted is not at all who you thought they were. In fact, they're pretending to be someone else or they're a completely different person or their intentions were never pure to begin with. And that's... So heartbreaking. and it's so terrifying. and it it makes us feel afraid to f- have those feelings from people. It makes us feel like we need to put our guards back up. And it's really tough. and And, you know, if for anyone who's watching The Bachelor, another thing about like putting your guard up and and not necessarily trusting or being able to open up from someone, I'm really curious. Uh, one day, I think we will hear about Genevieve's past and and maybe i'll I'll try and get her on the podcast even. Um, but to those who didn't watch or don't watch, um, this week on the bachelor, it's the week before hometowns and they were in Vienna, Italy, and they had a therapist come to conduct like couples counseling with Clayton, the bachelor and each of the women. And I thought that was first of all, like go bachelor nation for doing that. That is a huge step forward. And that's amazing. I thought that was really wonderful that they did that. But what ended up happening was, Out of the five women that he sat down with, with this therapist, he ended up sending two of them home. One, because the therapist um, identified that she was being performative which was really eye-opening for him. And then he consulted with all the other women and and they had examples of that. Um, so that was a really big thing. But the other was with this woman, Genevieve, who the whole time she was really sweet, really great. And, and you could see her trying to push herself to open up and just really struggling. And she sits down, she's clearly terrified for this conversation. And she kind of just breaks down and is like, I... This is what I was afraid of. Like, it's not you. You've done everything. It's me. Like I have my guard up. I don't know what's inside of me. I don't know how to open up. I'm afraid to be vulnerable. And he ultimately had to send her home. And she understood because she couldn't get to the point where he could meet her family or she wanted to bring him home to her family the following week or where they could be engaged in a few weeks because she had all these walls up and had all of these guards up. And that's something that when we get hurt like that, when we get cheated on, when we get lied to, when we are misinterpreting who we think someone is, that's what makes us shut down and makes us not trust and makes us not feel like we can be vulnerable and open up to people. And so I really am curious what has happened to Genevieve in the past that has made her like this or, or made her feel like she couldn't open up. Again, there's obviously that whole layer of, you know, if you open up to The Bachelor while you're on the show, you're opening up to the whole world. And and that's something that I've never understood how people can do. And, you know, Zoe Skrullettis and I talked about this on our episode. It was called Your Trauma Makes You Stronger. And we even said at that point that we wished Bachelor Nation would bring on a therapist to do couples therapy. So she actually texted me being like, oh my god, did you see The Bachelor last night? And I was like, I know, like we predicted this, we asked for this, they heard us. So that was fun. So if you've made it this far in the episode, thank you for sticking around. I have not really done a solo episode before, and I've been super nervous. Um, But I love you guys for being here. I love you for listening and for supporting. And you know, if you liked what you heard, if you want more solo episodes, definitely let me know, let me know what you'd want them to be about. You know, I thought this could be a different way to do like an ask me anything, Instagram story type of thing, really just getting your questions and answering them in this longer format. But if you want more, ask me Anything"s, if you want more solo episodes, if you want more Q and A's, like whatever you want, please tell me. I do this podcast for you guys. I want to help you. I want to really make content that resonates for you and helps you with whatever you're going through. So if it's solo episodes, great. If it's not solo episodes, tell me. Um, If you have questions you want me to answer, if they're more in depth than just what can fill into an Instagram story box, email them, seeingOtherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. I love answering your questions on my own. I love answering your questions with my guests. And I love hearing your questions and figuring out like, oh my God, I this is a topic I want to do a whole episode about. Let me go find someone to bring in to talk about it with. So love all of that keep emailing me. This podcast doesn't happen without you. And with that, don't forget to send this episode to a friend or send the Instagram to a friend, send a meme I posted to a friend of video, anything, anything that you can send to a friend helps me so much more than you know. Same goes for leaving a five-star rating and review. And don't forget if you want one-on-one time with me, I have my emotional support human sessions and my dating app profile revamps to help you guys be the best versions of yourselves that you can be in your dating lives. All right. I will see you next time or you will not see me next time, but hear me next time. And I will talk to you next time. I still don't have an official sign out for these episodes. I'll work on it. Bye. 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 Bye.